Pit Guys. This week's episode is brought to you by Epoxic Enterprises. Lead-in. Great lead-in. We're terrible at lead-ins. We tried to be good. Well, Jeff ruined that one. Let's start over. Okay. Fresh startsies. Hey, everybody. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to our happy place. It is our happy place. Yep. It's our, it's the cheapest therapy we're ever going to get, the right? The decompression zone. And, you guys, it's a treat because I'm one or two sheets to the wind with a little bit of some Rocky Mountain Moonshine Cherry. It's delicious. You should try it. I know you can't see this, but his face is glowing. Praise the Lord! Pass the biscuits, Pappy O'Donnell, flower hour. This is going to be a great one. Well, Ugh. thanks for listening tonight, everybody. Uh, we took last week off. We had, a, we had a race, so we took our usual race week uh, episode off. We are back this week, though. We got a cool uh, couple of guests. We got Aiden and Casey Gilbert. Yep. They're they're a fun father and son team, man. If you're not into Ultra Four, like you need to get to get to learn these guys' names and and watch them. Uh, it's fun to watch what they do. Casey's really fast. They call him a bit of a sandbagger. We didn't really go into that with him. Nah. I think he's a nice guy. You know, it's it's all about it's all about just ha- getting out there and having fun. And uh, anytime the dude's willing to co-drive for his 12-year-old son in a razor, that is impressive. Yeah, that's it pretty badass. Takes some courage. Would I put my 12-year-old daughter in a driver's seat? No. Do I have a 12-year-old daughter? No. But would I also know? Maybe. I don't know. They're tiny, though. They're little girls. I don't think that they'll uh, have much longer legs by then. Anyway, we're glad to be back this week. We're going to have a good open segment. I don't know what we've had going on for two weeks, man. Well, it went by fast. Do we talk, should we talk about the race and the drama? Well, I didn't watch the race. Well, there's the drama I, right there. So I had a very, very busy week. It was, uh, so being in the public utilities, um, you know, underground especially with sewer infrastructure, you get a few nice days after a long winter and everybody decides they dig, need to dig all at the same time. So for me, that was last week, that was this week, and it's just been, it's just been nuts though. Like everybody wants to go at the same time. So I've been super busy. Uh, I've been busy. I've been prepping for my Black Hills, South Dakota vacation in a couple weeks. Getting the old camper cleaned up after King of the Hammers. Holy crap, man. Hmm. My camper was filthy after Hammers. Yeah. But I I gave her a good bath. Yeah, I'm still finding dust and dirt in some of my Hammers stuff that I've brought back. Um, Like some of the radio equipment. There's still stuff falling out. Yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, I can inform you, since you didn't watch the race, Prairie City was a great race. A ton of cars showed up. A lot of 44, a lot of 4,800 cars. Uh, had a little bit of an online debate going on that maybe UTVs should be um, what was called a co-main event. I don't know what a co-main event really is. Hmm. Um, interesting concept. It is an interesting concept. I don't think it was worth the time that a lot of people spent on the argument on Facebook. Well, if we all know social media, it's uh, it's filled with tons of arguments for no reason. Yep. I do that myself. But it got, it got things a little heated. Uh, I think there were a few more eyes on UTVs uh, mm-hmm. at the race. It was a good race. Every class I watched was a great race. 
Actually, you did watch the race, man. Oh, we were in the shop yes. building the yes, new car. Yes, yes. I saw part of it. It was in the background. We saw our friend Josh Smith yep. kick some serious right. ass You're in the right. stock class. Uh, Paul Wolf, uh, I'm going to call him a friend. Paul, I, I hope I hope we can say that. Uh, Paul Wolf kicked everybody's ass, it mm-hmm. felt like, in UTVs and 4400s. Man, he, he is on fire right now. Um, just great races, man. That looked like a really fun course. Uh, everybody said it was a great facility. Uh, they've raced there in the past. Um, maybe someday we'll get out there. You know, that would require a second trip to California for us. and That's a long ways to go. Well, I just don't know if I want to go to California that bad. But, yeah. Great race. We loved watching it. It was close. Um, there were some crazy accidents in some of the races. Uh, there was a guy that destroyed his car in qualifying hmm. uh maybe like a 4500 or 4800 car um i know our our buddies jeremy jones and dan young they had a drive shaft failure and a brake line failure in the 4800 cars so they didn't have a great week um like i said josh smith came in first in stock uh which is always great to see uh little controversy on the utv open class you know only two cars um mark welch killed it in the open class uh not sure what else was going on there maybe we'll bring that up some other night but it was fun to watch all the races man and uh now we're getting ready for montana yeah super pumped about that can't wait yellowstone off-road actually they had their first race last weekend too uh over there in powell wyoming and uh we were kind (laughs) of going back and forth between the two races um that looked like a fun course also, but I can't wait to get back to Broadview in a few weeks with mm-hmm. our new car, man. I'm really excited. A, I'm excited just to see everybody from Yellowstone Off-Road because it's always a good time. But B, I'm excited because we're bringing a bunch of our Colorado buddies up there. Yep. We're going to uh, – I'm going to say their names online or on this web, uh, podcast, so they have to go. Yeah. Uh, Rich Birch has taken the yep. uh, Bandit Off-Road West Coast team. They're going to go race up there, him and Seth. Uh, I'm pretty sure Bobby Lindgren committed to taking his new 4400 car up there. So uh, that's going to be fun. I'm sure that the the Tornies uh, from Fort Collins, uh, from north of Denver, they're going to be there. They raced this weekend uh, up in Powell. So there's going to be a lot of Colorado representation up there. And, and we said their names, so they have to show up. Yep, you have to show up. Who else's name should we show say so they have to show up? You know, maybe, you know who needs to show up? I hope he hears this and he texts me about this. Our premier sponsor, Chase Bridgman with Hypoxic Enterprises. Mm. Chase, man, I know you got to work saving lives, fighting fires, rescuing cats from trees, man. But we need to see you at a race. Yeah. I mean, we all have to work, but, uh, you know, racing's forever. Man, maybe we can get uh, Champ Racing back in it. Yeah. That would be cool. I'd love cool. to see that Can-Am up there. Dude, that Can-Am's got so much potential. But, uh, yeah, that's our next big race. Yeah. Um, man, that's enough office talk. Yeah. What do we got going on, man? What uh, you, uh, you 
became a high school teacher this I week. I did. I did. And uh, I immediately texted as soon as I heard about this, both the school board and the um, law enforcement officials, <laughs> when you said that you were in a, the high school teaching a course, someone has to probably uh, lose their job over this. High school kids, man, I don't know how... Anybody who's listening to this, if you're a teacher, God bless you. Bless your heart. I don't know how you do it. Um, let's leave it at that. But uh, basically what had happened was, you know, we're at the end of our school year up here, and um, this one particular teacher has a class called Survival Class, and they do a bunch of different things. And one of them, uh, one of the weeks was Communications Week, Um I'm a ham radio operator, K-E-0-H-A-Z, that's my call sign, and I kind of dabble in it a little bit, so they invited me in to present on ham radios, uh, like, you know, radio propagation theory stuff, talking about radio waves, you know, very dry, dull things to talk about to a bunch of high school kids. So, as you can imagine, it went very well, um... But it was cool. Uh, they got to do some hands-on with some of my radio equipment. We went outside and set up an antenna, and we were able to. Uh, we weren't able to talk, but we were able to listen to one of the um, front-range nets. I couldn't talk because I was on a little handheld, didn't have the required power to get out. But I had a pretty killer antenna system I had built, so I was able to pick it up. So that was that was fun. I mean. Fun. I that's I use that term loosely. It sounds like they were all too busy communicating so, on their phones. Like I didn't realize this, but nowadays in high school, you're allowed to do whatever the hell you want. Like literally, you can do whatever you want. They're like all these kids were on their cell phones the whole time. Like they're I don't know what they're doing. Texting, probably not, because that's like what old people do. But they're probably Snapchatting or something. I don't even know. But. They were on there doing their thing and swearing like you you think that you've heard some bad words in the pits during race day. No, like I have heard nothing like these high school kids and their language. I mean, goodness gracious. It's a different world out there than I than I uh, remember, but it is what it is, I guess. So that was that was fun. Got to do that. You didn't get arrested, so it was a success. Why would I get arrested? Well, it's a little weird that they even let you in the high school. Well, they saw my mustache, and they're like, we can trust that man. Look that, at his glorious mustache. Well, I love the mustache and want you to keep it forever, that is the number one reason why I thought they'd stop you at the door. And I thought you were a cool dude, Zach. Well, it's a cool mustache, man, but we're adults. Like, it kind of maybe creeps kids out. I don't know. I don't know. You know what should creep kids out is how much money we make compared to them. They make zero. I don't make any money. What are you talking oh, about? Oh, right. I, I don't make it that much money. Whoa. We were just talking today. I need, I need $3.5 million by the end of the summer. So anybody listening, I need $3.5 million. There's a property that I would like to buy. It's got some big shops on Boy, it. We're going to have to talk to Chase and Dan at Hypoxic Enterprises. Maybe we're going to have to up our uh, advertisement fees. Yeah. <laughs> um so i mean it was a good week uh, I, i've got that uh project that cut up 2004 chevy silverado pickup i don't know if we've talked about that much well i picked up this so grand lake fire had the chevy silverado with a good engine and a semi-good transmission it's a 4l60e missing reverse so basically just needs a light rebuild put the reverse gear back into it 
Um, the 5.3 Vortec engine is still pretty good from what I understand. Um, it got damaged in the East Troublesome fire, so Grand Lake Fire cut it up. Uh, last winter, Jeff and I went to go pick it up. We drug it out. Jeff being Jeff Bachman, the worst, worst guest, guest ever. ever. Um, and finally, I just pulled it into the shop this afternoon after work and started disassembling it so I could pull the drivetrain out, the 5.3 Vortec transmission and transfer case. Those will tentatively be going into my XJ for my um, loosely called an LS swap. It's not an LS, it's an LM7 series engine, so it's not a true LS, but um, I've got that going on. What else we got going on? Like, we've been busy. Well, we've been working on the new race car. Yep. Gonna do some more work on it tomorrow. We've been doing a little bit of Grom riding. Dude, I was do I was riding my Grom every single day to work, to and from work. It was beautiful, and now it's snowing currently. We got like eight inches last night. We're supposed to get more tonight. It's stupid. I want to ride my Grom, but I can't. Yep. Yep. Snow in May. What can mm. you do? And not just like the beginning of May. It's May 20th, and it's snowing. Yeah, but summer's right around the corner, man, and schedules are booking up fast. I mean, mm. people coming up to visit, trips planned, races planned. You know, I'm looking forward to the summer. It's going to be a good summer, I think. Yeah, it's going to be a good summer. Um, Along with all your projects that we got to get done. Oh, my gosh. There's so many projects, and there's so many projects I want to do. Like, there's so many things I want to buy, so many swaps I want to do. <sighs> like I said, I need $5.3 million. Did you uh, did you see the Honda Goldwing auction that I sent you? Yeah, that was weird. Why would you send me that? It's like, well, bid on Pappy Boy's bikes are us. One dollar increments. Bob's bikes out of Kingman, Kansas. With Z's. Yep. He, uh, he listed like a 1983 Honda Goldwing this week. And he said, highest bid by May 24th gets it. No rear brakes, questionable front brakes. And then the dude went tearing down the road in it. <laughs> it was great. Uh, Last I checked on it before I quit following it, it was up to 900 bucks. Yep, I signed 900 bucks, probably out of your price range for a real motorcycle, yeah. but that's okay. It was the perfect bike for you, man. You would have had to get maroon suspenders, though, to match the, <laughs> the paint scheme. Well, I started following this chick on Instagram who uh, rebuilds 80s vintages uh, gold wings. Like, and she does like her own. I've never seen this before. She doesn't have a milling machine. So when she has to remill a head because it's warped from head gasket issues, she's got like a piece of granite countertop and just like reams of sandpaper. And she just like pushes the heads back and forth upside down on this granite with sandpaper. That's how she mills her heads. Impressive. Is it kind of dumb? Yes. But... <laughs> it seems a little energy and time yeah. consuming. But I mean, it works. But. Yeah. Oh, man. What a couple weeks it's been. Oh my gosh. It's so busy. I'm... I always think when we miss an episode for race week that we're going to have so much to talk about. And then I just forget about well, all the good stuff. I have stuff. a lot of things to talk about, but a lot of things when I talk about them, uses language that's not appropriate well, for this forum. I think that old smoky cherry moonshine might be getting to you a little bit, man. I haven't said bad words yet, but 
I mean, we could. We could go let's not. Let's not go there, man. We I won't. don't need our moms texting me about not being able to control you and your potty mouth. <laughs> I mean, if it's okay for high school kids in the high school, shouldn't it be okay for me on oh, the podcast? No, no, no. 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 I'm already going to get messages from parents now. Here we go. Oh, well, if it's your kids at school, you should probably uh, have a discussion with them. Uh-oh. Oh, dear. I hear a child upstairs crying, bawling, throwing a fit? Hard to tell. I like to think that she stubbed her toe and well, it's the, not disobedience. The good news is that's your child, not mine. Isn't that funny? When you're a parent, like, when you hear, like, random kids crying and you know your kid's in that group, there's always a sigh of relief. Oh, it's not my kid. I mean, total bummer for whoever's kid it is, but... <laughs> in this case, that would be you, you poor, <laughs> poor bastard. I thought you said we had to watch our language. Ah, son of a... You got me. <laughs> well, no, in all, in all reality, it's been great. Oh, I got it. I made an easy 150 bucks the other day picking well, up a couch. Well, kind of. Not an actual $150. It was a stupid gift card. I, I offered to, to help and split the cost. Now I'm really happy that didn't work out. Yeah, because we had to split a gift card. Yeah. Who pays somebody to do something with a gift card? Realtors from the Midwest. She had just moved here from the Midwest, so she still had a bunch of like humidity in her brain, I think. Yeah. Anyway, it was 150 bucks to move this couch, and I was thinking it was going to be like a sofa sleeper, and it was heavy, and I was going to have to carry it up the hill. Um, but it was super easy, and I was able to put it on my shoulders and carry it by myself. However, several days prior, I had to go to the same location and do a move which was not near as easy and twice as aggravating, and, and our friend, Joe decided he needed a pool table and they had a free pool table and so he's like hey come help me carry some furniture no he didn't even say that he just said i need some muscle it didn't say anything and i was like i'll goodness in my heart my, i'll go help because maybe see, i don't have goodness in my heart and i know what that means i was trying to so think I of didn't... the best in people so i was like well maybe yeah. he wants me to help him carry a bucket well i was busy playing marbles. catch with my son so so i show Sorry. up and he's like ha ha we gotta carry his pool table up a hill it was dumb but we got it done it ended up you got a 150 dollars gift card so yeah it, it ended it ended up working out well we didn't break the slate that's a plus. I've broken slate before when moving pool tables in the past. How many pool tables have you moved, man? That was my fourth one. Um, back in the day, I used to do moving for a thrift, a local thrift store, and I carried a few pool tables. One of them I broke the slate, but it was for a thrift store, so I didn't feel bad. So. Yeah. Yeah. Great couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I just got done working 19 consecutive days, man, at the old sewer plant. Been a long couple weeks. Yeah. It's always fun, like, so, us in the, like, the, I guess it's anywhere, anybody in the public utilities world has to be on call, right? Because 24-hour coverage. Always someone has to monitor whether it's a water plant or a sewer plant or electrical infrastructure or, like, telecommunications all that stuff needs monitoring to keep it running for John Q. Paxtayer. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We just got real. So 
always the best part of that is I just got off my on call and then because when you're on call you gotta like be careful you can't go too far away you have to be able to respond you can't drink adult beverages or barley pops or anything like that so the evening you go off call is always a fun evening it has been a fun evening yes lots I would of, concur lots of uh, delicious beverages um that's all I'm going to say about that. Man, we should probably wrap this up before we really get in trouble. <laughs> oh, I got yelled at for not wearing a helmet on my Grom this week. I, got, I mean, who would yell at a person for innocently riding around a Grom with no helmet? Probably the same person that ratted out on me Freaking. and threw me under the bus because I let Parker ride with me without a helmet. What? And now I threw myself under the bus because I will now get a message from all moms listening to this. Listen here. Listen here. We are taking the world by the horns and moving forward in a non-scared manner. So if you think that we need to wear helmets, then maybe we'll wear helmets. But in the meantime, we're going to be cool and not wear helmets. I mean, I grew up on a three-wheeler with no helmet. Well, that explains a lot, Zach. I wouldn't... Uh, you do have a point. It's good for them. Puts yeah. a little hair on their chest. I had two children. That seems like that should be a outlawed thing. Children are dangerous. You want to talk about danger time, try raising kids nowadays. Okay. we got to wrap this <laughs> up, man. Good plan. Yeah. This has gotten... We're way off the track. Potentially dangerous. We hope you all are enjoying this. We hope you all enjoy what's about to come. Yep. We're going to call up our buddy Casey Gilbert over at, uh, they're out of Michigan. Michigan. So they're a couple hours off from us. And he's got us, like I said, he's got his son Aiden with him. 12 years old, got to race uh, in the Razor 4900 class uh, at Rush a couple weeks ago. We're excited to get these guys on here. I love seeing father and sons out here racing. Uh, father and any kids, father and daughter, mother and whatever. Man, I, I love seeing families racing together, and this is, uh, this is a good story. These guys are fun to talk to. Yep. Let's, uh, let's get a little word from our sponsor here. Uh, chasing Dan over to Epoxic, and then uh, we'll call up Will Casey and, and see what's going on. Epoxic Enterprises of Laramie, Wyoming, was created by two normal guys with a simple goal in mind to create a more affordable option for everything off road. Epoxic started over 15 years ago with a love of Jeeps and rock crawling. While Jeeps were their gateway, the growth of the UTV industry couldn't be ignored and the racing bug came shortly after. Epoxic has a true passion for everything off-road, from racing at Ultra Force King of the Hammers to weekend cruises with the family. Whether you're a first-time UTV owner or an experienced racer, Epoxic Enterprises is here to help you build the machine of your dreams. Ride safe, ride often. Epoxic Enterprises of Laramie, Wyoming. All right. Well, we got we got a couple of good guests tonight. Heck yeah. We uh we got one of the newest big names in Ultra 4 racing. He races in our world, mm -hmm. our little UTV world. We got Aiden Gilbert on the show tonight. Aiden, I'd say you're our youngest guest, but you're not cuz my 6-year-old was on the show mm -hmm. one week, so 
but uh, you're definitely our youngest driver, man, that we've had so far. And uh, then, of course, we got the old man next to you there, your pops. We yep. got Casey Gilbert tonight joining us, too. So this will be good. Yeah. Uh, you guys are racing a couple of different classes, and uh, we like to get guys that aren't UTV based on here sometimes. And, man, that's you. So, yeah. So welcome well, to the show. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having us. Well, why don't you start out and uh, just kind of tell us a little bit about yourselves, just a quick intro type of thing. Yeah, we, uh, we're out of Fenton, Michigan, so we're probably, uh, we're about an hour north of Detroit, um, lived here all our lives, um, got my, my son Aiden, I've got a daughter Addison, she's seven, and then uh, my wife Megan, and then we've got a whole herd of animals out here, we live, uh, we live out in the country, not a, not a huge farm, but we're on 23 acres just south of, uh, we're basically south of Flint. You know, okay. where they've got that great water out yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we are familiar with that yes. as water professionals. Yep. Well, cool. That So you're right there kind of in the, what is, what'd they call that, the Rust Belt? Is that what that's called? Or I, I don't know. What do you call that yeah, area yeah. of the U.S.? I don't know if that's Rust Belt. I mean, we always just assume everyone around here just calls it Great Lakes, you know. Um, okay. Well, when I think but, about uh, that part of the country, I think about rust, like, oh man, there's so much rust there. Oh yeah. I, it's amazing. You, you drive around here and uh, you see cars that are five, six years old with rust holes in them. And then you go down South and you see a 1984 F-150 <laughs> that's solid. And you're like, how did that thing survive? But yeah, we're actually, we're, we're close to uh GM and Ford and Chrysler here so we get to see all the cool new cars but oh. man they do not they do not last long up here at all you know funny story where we're at in Winter Park uh, <clears throat> we have a high altitude uh, research and development facility here that all the manufacturers use so we always see the the camoed out black and white checkered cars doing their high altitude and their cold weather testing here so two weeks ago on the on the pass, there's a car fire and everybody's freaking out. They can't put it out because it was an EV car, which yeah. we'll talk to you about EV stuff later. But this yeah. this EV test car caught on fire. It couldn't extinguish yeah. the battery fire. 10,000 feet. Yeah. And they just threw a tarp over it, put it out, and then they drug it back to the test facility. And oh, man, that, that got some good. Yeah. Good memes. out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, those are. Uh... They're pretty, it's pretty cool seeing all the cars. Aiden was just saying on his way home from school today, uh, he passed eight of the new vets. He said half of them oh. were uh, all camoed out. So mm -hmm. um, we're only, uh, we're about eight miles from uh, the General Motors Proving Grounds. So we, okay. it's pretty cool. Yeah. So where you're located, um, I have to ask this because partially out of jealousy, but uh, you guys have access to so much awesome old machinist equipment like do you ever go out and like look at old lathes and mills and just because they're there like when i get on you know there's nothing around here when you want to look for a sweet old clossing or or like a monarch or something like that just because this is colorado we don't have it here but you get on craigslist you know michigan or or that part of the world over there and there's so much good stuff on there like i'm a little jealous of the location uh you have the, and the proximity oh, of machinist equipment yeah definitely like everybody around here like 
it's pretty uncommon to go into a gearhead's garage and then not have, you know, an, a lathe and a bridge port sitting there. Oh, um, so cool. Know, just, yeah. Um, and big stuff too. Like I've got a little, like, uh, it's like a 14 by 40, but it's like, I was just at a buddy's house the other day, um, borrowing some tools and he's, he's big into like blacksmithing and real yeah. old machines. And, uh, I walked in his garage and I swear this lathe had to be 14 feet long. Oh like, my what do gosh. you do with it? And he says, he says, I don't know. I just, I just make watch parts and I'm like, <laughs> I make the watch parts, you know? Yes. But, oh boy. Yeah. No, it, it's pretty common around here. Everybody's got access to that stuff. Like you said, there's just so much of it. Um, and, and when it's obsolete in a machine shop, you know, that basically ends up either scrap yards or some auction you buy for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, we do not have anything like that nope. out here. Mm-mm. It's dollars on the penny in Colorado <laughs> right now, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like $100 bills on the penny. Yeah. Freaking. So uh, tell us a little bit about how you guys got into Ultra 4, man. I mean, I know we're, we're relative newcomers. Uh, you've been around a little longer, uh, I think, and we've been going to the races. You were a big name the first year I was at KOH. But uh, tell us kind of how you, we always like to start, I guess, with Hopper usually asks this question. What was your first mm-hmm. off-road ride? Um, the, the first thing I ever, I built a, a Jeep YJ, you know, common, like spring over 34 inch tires. And I had that just out of high school. But the, the, the first one that really accelerated me into, you know, something cool was, um, I met a guy by the name of Mike Colville and he's actually one of the lead engineers on the, the new EV Hummer. And he had an aluminum bodied CJ seven that he, uh, rock crawled in, was it E-Rock and all that stuff down in Tennessee. Mm. But, um, long story short, he was getting into building buggies and I met him through a friend of a friend and, uh, he had this aluminum tub CJ seven with an AF, is it AFW, I believe, is the frame company that, that used to make those frames. And uh, I went down to his house and I said, how much do you want for that tub and, you know, that that frame and every, all the crap you've got left over from this old rock crawler you had built? And uh, he sold it, me the tub and the frame and the cage and some extra crap uh, for $2,800. bucks. Well, I was just out of high school and I didn't have $2,800 to my name. You know, I was just a, a broke high school kid. And he says write me seven $400 checks and I'm going to cash one a month. <laughs> oh, that's a... so, like, I had just met this guy and uh, so, that, so he, he, you know, trusted me with it. And basically that's how I bought my first real cool, you know, rock crawler type um, serious off-road rig was just on a whim, you know, with, with somebody trusting me and uh, Mike and I became actually pretty good friends and uh he's really who and what got me into racing um we were going up northern michigan here on a trail ride one weekend and i showed up with the with this we call it the mustache run you have to have a mustache to go and uh we just go up there have fun go trail riding for the weekend bomb around grill drink some beer have fun with friends and uh I bought a $400 Cherokee and Mike says, Hey, you should come down and race that next weekend with us at the Badlands in Indiana. They have a series called Trek. 
And at that point in time, Mike was already into Ultra 4. And uh, I, I said, well, tell me more about this trek. And he says, well, they've got, you know, a stock class. Basically, you show up with a beater and you can go race it. Well, that was, uh, I want to say that was in 2011, 2012 time frame. And so we took this $400 Cherokee down to uh, the Badlands. And it was like Rusty Bray, Scooby, um, Mike, Roscoe, all the Brannock guys. They all had these big, you know, rock crawlers that they converted into these, you know, King of the Hammers type cars. And uh, I've been hooked ever since. Had you ever raced before that? I'd never raced anything before that other, you know, like a BMX bike. Hmm. But uh, yeah, we, uh, that kind of evolved. Um, you know, we, we, we raced that Cherokee a couple times. Basically it was $400 Cherokee in the rust belt. It fell, it literally fell <laughs> in two. And uh, yeah. so we, we built a new one and uh, that was right when Ford Raptors were coming out. Ooh. And uh, so um, we kind of cheated. We took a set of bypass shocks off the rear of a Raptor. We cut the reservoirs off them and we welded our own reservoirs on them and make them look like something else. But so we basically took those IBPs off the back of a Raptor and put them in a stock Cherokee. And we went down there and just cleaned house. I mean, we were cheating, but it, it took them a year and a half to catch us. <laughs> yes. Why is it that everybody's terrible race start started with $400 Cherokees? <laughs> I mean, it, they're just, they're awesome. I, I think they're, they're so fun to race and it's like they're a dime a dozen. You, you know? just don't, well, I think it's, you just don't care, man. You well, just so, them up. so yeah. the day of the dime a dozen XJ are, are gone because, so I, I built a, a crawler XJ and I bought a fairly straight, and this was probably two, three years ago, yeah, something it, like that. It was, Maybe. it was straight stock before it was, COVID. It was pretty sharp. It was in great condition, barely any rust. And I paid 900 bucks for it. And I was like, I feel like I'm slightly overpaying because it's an old XJ, right? Well, now, like Zach just forwarded me a, a listing off a of marketplace yeah, yeah those, so those are those, long gone. those days are gone because I, I picked up the you know the one Zach sent me was a thousand dollar XJ with a blown head gasket and the dude had it sold within the first like three minutes of the listing. So yeah, that's great. It's it, it just like anything right now, it's just so hard to find and uh the prices are out of control. Well, there was uh, another listing because I've been looking for a Toyota Tundra and there was a, a 2014, I think it was a 14 listed he the guy had rolled it it was totaled he'd rolled it and he was selling it for 10k it's like ten thousand dollars for a rolled tundra granted it did have a supercharged engine but still that's ridiculous but oh well you get me started i'll complain all night about used car prices <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah, so we went through we went through the XJ phase. I actually raced my XJ at King of the Hammers um, in forty six hundred class. I want to say I think it was two thousand fourteen. I did forty six hundred class, and we ended up fourth. And then uh, two thousand fifteen, we got this bright idea that we were going to race mod class out there in this same XJ, and we stuffed the LS in it. Oh, and yes. I think we made it. 
we made it at least seven miles before we ripped the rear springs out of it. But uh, oh. <laughs> it was fun, but it was so stupid. I don't know what, I don't know why I thought it would survive, you know, with that much power in it. But uh, huh. yeah, that was the end of the XJ days for me. And then from the XJ, you moved on to bigger and better. Yeah, so we actually, I actually took all the parts out of that XJ. I mean, the XJ had like an Atlas in it, had nine inches front and rear. It was actually pretty well built. It's just that, you know, the frame would not hold up to that kind of power. Um, so we, we stripped the XJ. I sold it off in, uh, in, in 2016, 2015 during that summer um, is when I got the chassis from Eric Miller. And my chassis is like a, uh, mine's pre-production from what he calls his uh, pro chassis. Mm. It was actually one they hand built and then they modeled the new cars off of my car. There was a couple different, very minor differences, but uh, mine was a hand built car that uh, it was kind of the first one off the line there over it from, uh, from Miller. And that's, that's kind of morphed into their whole pro chassis thing that they've got going on. But yeah, my car's getting pretty old. Well, I mean, the car's seen some races too, right? Yeah, yeah it, it's got some mileage on it. And I mean, I mean, obviously we've had a ton of upgrades um, since we originally built it. You know, we built it with a stock 5.3 in it and some some nine inches, you know, with regular nine inch gears in them and whatnot. Now it's got all Spider Tracks Pro Series um, housings in it and 10 inch gear sets and, and big motors and um it's got a ton of time shock tuning on it between uh, Collins Motorsports out of Vegas and uh, what Mike Kim's done with it. So you're talking about the five threes and back when it was the XJ, were you using just like the, the uh, LM seven five, three Vortec with the iron bottom and aluminum tops. Yeah. Yeah. Like a $600 just junkyard motor, you know, with a, um, Show I, it was a, a cut harness from uh, Wes. I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, from Show Me Speed. Okay. Huh. Well, it, I, I he was I'm, in the Ultra Four game there for a little while. I'm super intrigued by that because I've actually got a 2004 Silverado in the shop right now that I'm pulling the drive the powertrain out of to put into my XJ. Um, great, great. Those five threes are they're great units. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're for what they are, they're just bulletproof for how much you know. And everyone used to think a three or four hundred horsepower, you know, three or four hundred horsepower Chevy three fifty used to be awesome. You know, it's like, well, you can go get a a five three that'll do that for three hundred thousand miles. Yeah, yeah. So at this point, you're you're up in your game. You're stepping up. I mean, what other races are you running? you know, back in 2015, I mean, are you just the King of the hammers guy? Or are you going to other races? Like, like, what did that look like? Back? No, basically, uh, 2016 was the first time I raced that car. Um, I, I finished it and we went to California with it and, uh, broke a drive, broke a rear drive line at King of the hammers. So we finished, um, I want to say 15th or, or 16th in there, you know, nothing great, but, Basically, ever since then, I've run almost every single East Coast Ultra 4 race. Um, basically, we do KOH, all the East Coast races, and Nationals. And I've done that um, 
I don't think I've missed any races since 2016, as far as East coast stuff, you know, and then, uh, nationals and KOH. Hmm. That's, but, uh, um, that's pretty good. Yeah. I don't, I just kind of concentrate on ultra four. I like, the, I like the series. Um, I don't race a lot of other series just because, you know, time and we just put our effort into one series and, um, concentrate there you know it's always it's always fun going after a points championship and and winning against the the best drivers out there and i think right now in off-road racing that's in the ultra four series well i agree yeah i agree man i'm a i'm a points guy like i like the idea of hey i can i can show up to a race and run top five that's great but i want to see the guys that can do that you know all all year long Right. That to me, that's a testament of, uh, you know, just the willingness to race all year. I mean, that's not cheap. It's not takes a lot of time, mm-hmm. a lot of effort. But, yeah, I'm a big point series championship follower. I think that's I think that's where it's at, man. Plus, it, yeah, we it, all know it, a KOH, any a five dollar part could take you out of that one race a year. Um, yeah. K- KOH is tough. That's a, it's very nerve wracking to me. Uh, like you're saying, you put so much time and effort into it and then you go out and, you know, you chuck it, you know, we, we lost a U joint this year, which ended up breaking a drive shaft, which sent it through the transmission. And it's like, you know, a $20 U joint. Um, but yeah, it, it, that's a tough race. And I don't think people outside the sport understand, uh, understand that one. Well, I think there's some people inside the sport that don't understand it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. We, uh, I mean, obviously because I've been going to the races and helping some guys and, and being involved the last couple of years, like I kind of knew who you were. Um, I never really met you until KOH this year. And it was just happened to be because for some idea, Dave Cole, for some reason, Dave Cole thought it was a good idea to give us one of the EV builds. Uh, with our buddy Josh down in Denver. And so we were at that little EV meeting and uh, that was an interesting group because I walk in there, you know, I don't, I'm nobody. I'm a fly on the wall. You got Chip McLaughlin in there with his Mohawk. Um, You had a couple other guys and then you walked in, man, you've got your iPad. You're ready to like take notes. Like you're there to do business, but you also had other business to take care of. And I'm like, man, this dude is like, this is the most professional guy in the room. Like we were just looking for free sandwiches <laughs> in the VIP. Tent. That's what you know, uh-huh. but, but I think you're right. We talked about this with Kyle Cheney a little bit, right? KOH is, is weird. Kyle was a super nice guy, man. And, and I really look forward to hanging out with him at some of the races, but even he was like, man, when I'm at hammers, don't waste your time. Don't come up and talk to me. Like I'm there to do a thing. And you had a pretty big KOH this year. You you were running some different stuff. Um, and you're just one of those guys that's really focused, I feel like, when you're there. And that's – I enjoy that, right? I'm all about that every, every man comes out and races whatever he brought, but I like the guys that take it seriously. And and you're definitely – I put you in that group. Um, yeah, I mean, we – we definitely try and have fun. I mean, if you're not having fun, why are you doing it is the way we look at it. And, uh, but we, we put so much time and effort and money, um, into it when we're at the races, we take it serious because I don't like driving home, 
you know, without a trophy, it's not, it's not fun. It's, it's a whole lot fun, more fun driving home with a big, yeah. you know, laser nut trophy sitting in the passenger seat than it is, you know, with your head down and 40 hour oh, drive home. And, and I, maybe you're like this for me, that, that being organized and planned and, you know, calculating what could go wrong and preparing for that to me, that is fun. Right. The, the prep, like we were Hopper and I were just talking earlier this evening, like, man, we just want to work in the shop mm -hmm. and go race yep. and work in the shop and go mm -hmm. race. That prep to me is one of the most enjoyable parts because I don't, I'm not a driver. I don't, I don't really don't have a desire to drive yeah. in some of these races. I enjoy the work and the planning and the being prepared part. That's, that's fun for some of us. And I, I know some people don't get that, but yeah, that's, that's, the best part to me. And I think a lot of what burns people out on the racing is not being prepared and they show up to the race and it's such a rat race for them to get their car ready, you know, at the race. And it's like, I'm kind of the guy where I won't put my car in the trailer unless it's ready to race. Um, I'd rather stay at home and prep it in my warm shop than, you know, <laughs> stay up all night at KOH yeah. type of deal. But um, and I think that like what you're saying is if, if you're prepared, it becomes more fun. Um, I, I hate wrenching on my cars at the races. If, you, you'll very rarely see me uh, tinkering on my car unless, you know, I crashed in qualifying or broke it. Um, that's not my thing. I, I like to, if it's, if it's not ready to go when it leaves the shop, I almost feel like I shouldn't go to the race. Seems like when we went to the last series, my yeah yeah well Aiden, you're sitting there you tell us is is all this legit does he really have everything prepped all always before he goes to the race or is he just uh blowing smoke you tell you're you're the you're the witness here everything not always it's usually a lot of it yeah you usually but not always <laughs> yeah I mean, there, there's always something, right? But uh, I would I would say the bulk of it, and you know, the races are won. I think in the garage a lot of times because you can go out there. There's a lot of good drivers, but uh, if you show up with with something that's not ready to go, it, the problems are going to start, uh, you know, compounding up, and you're not going to ever have good race finishes. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I mean, it, it's one of those things like I, I like to think about, you know, one of these years, our team, you know, the, the people we have and, and everything is going to be all put together and good enough to we, to do what you said, you know, be ready to go. We don't have to tinker on it. But then, you know, there's certain dynamics of our team where that will never happen because we have some tinkerers that are in our group and you can't and those types of people cannot leave stuff alone and they got a tinker. So that's that's just part of the game for some people. And then other people are like, hey, let's just see what happens, you know. So I can appreciate that dynamic. I kind of wish we had that dynamic, but uh we're we're in the tinker camp over here. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, I mean it's definitely like you said, you get certain people at the races, and it's like it's almost like a, a nervous twitch for them, you know. Yes. They can't they yes. can't stop. Yeah. And I, I can appreciate that though. Cause I definitely have times where like all of a sudden I'm like, Oh crap, I need to like be moving and do this and do that. But 
Yeah, it's it is what it is. And the fact that you're at hammers with free monsters does not help the situation because you're amped up. You have like for me, I was like chugging eight monsters a day. It was it was not cool. Plus starting the morning with with a couple cups of coffee. So <laughs> probably uh, not healthy at all. So you, you've kind of come up you like you've we talked about this last week because you're part of the uh, the Tuesday before the race group uh, on the Rock Insiders Facebook group where you you and uh, John get get guys together and kind of talk about the upcoming race. And, and he brought this up. You know, you took a steady progression up and kind of through. Um, you know, you started racing some more 4,400 races, the unlimited races this year. And like, you're a great model of that, uh, progression, I think is the word I'm looking for, <clears throat> but right next to you, you got Aiden sitting there and I don't know how Aiden, how old are you? I'm 12. Well, I'm turning 13 soon. Turning 13 soon. So now you've, you've changed Casey, you've kind of changed your your mindset here a little bit because now it's not just you going to the race right you've got your son um now i've seen on social media you know it looks like he's doing a, a good amount of the work which is great yeah i think we're big fans of that got to work on your own stuff but uh as a dad because we're dads to uh young kids that we hope someday get into mm -hmm. this but like what's that like when it goes from just you taking your car to the race to now like you're putting him in a seat uh and you guys like his first race was no joke. Like you guys threw him to the wolves there at Rush a couple of weeks ago. Like, what's that like? Yeah, he. Uh, it's fun for me, and like, like I tell people, is like you only have what eight, eighteen years with your kids, you know. And it's like I'll do whatever I can to make my kid hang out with me, type of deal. Because people are like, oh, isn't it isn't it expensive, you know, having a second car and this and that and the other thing? And it's like is it not worth it, you know, in the end? Cause I don't, I don't want him to be 19 years old and he's out hanging out with his buddies. And I look and I'm like, wow, you know, if I would have, you know, bought him a race car, maybe he'd come hang out with his old man again. But, uh, you know, not that we just give everything to him because Aiden does work. Um, it is tough getting a second car to the race. Luckily we bought a pretty well-built car. We bought Aiden's um, razor from Josh Blyler over at big B Motorsports. Um, it's, it's really well built. It's got all Campbell suspension in it and Josh and them, uh, they built the cage and it's got all the doodad you need. But, uh, um, I, I don't do a lot of prep work on Aiden's car. He has to do it all. You know, he, he changes the fluids, um, before his last race, he had to change all the steering heims in it. Um, what else do you do? Wheel bearings. And, uh, basically we did not help him. I say we, um, you know, me and the guys in the shop until the point we looked over and he was jumping up and down on my torque wrench, <laughs> trying to get it to click, you know, on his axle shaft stud, just cause he's so small. He couldn't actually, you know, yeah. he didn't have enough body weight to get the darn thing to click. So, uh, um, wait, you guys use torque wrenches? Yeah, you, you torque those things, man. Oh, <laughs> maybe that's what we're doing wrong. Oh, geez. Yeah. <sighs> but, uh. No, Aiden, I'll tell you, he puts, uh, we make him put the hours in. Um, he's, he's not getting a free ride around here by any means. Um, well, I'll, I'll, uh, not I'll echo that because when we talked to you earlier this week and we said, Hey man, you know, can we set something up? Uh, when's a good time for you? You were like, well, you know, 
kid's got to go to bed because he's got to wake up when the sun comes up and he's got his chores to do, which, you know, immediately resonates with Hopper and I because we grew up in a similar environment. Um, got to do the chores before you get to go have any fun, right? Yeah, and like, uh, like I said, we own our own business, um, so it's a little easier for us, but, you know, uh, he works. Um, he helps pay his way along, and he's got a couple sponsors that help. So, um, like I said, it, it is difficult, but uh, he does put in the time. So I, I don't, I don't feel uh, guilty as a parent for giving my kid a free ride. You know, you don't want to just give yeah. him everything in life, but uh, we'll definitely support him as long as he's putting in the time. Well, we uh, we definitely Hopper and I had our first conversation this week about we might need to procure us a couple of Razor One Seventies here. Yep. Our, our race team might have to uh, pick up a couple of small ones and see what we can do because our kids are getting just big enough where we'd like to get them in there and get them started. Yeah, man, sure would be nice. Yeah, no, yeah, it definitely teaches them a skill. We've um, that's Aiden actually started out. He ran two years ago, uh, two or three years ago. Dirty Turtle was his actually first. Um, you know, ultra four race in the 170, but uh, they've been running around in those things for years and they're, they're cool little machines. Mm-hmm. Well, Hopper's daughters just uh, competed in this uh, Pinewood Derby yeah. box competition. <laughs> now he didn't even realize it, but he fully 100% cheated. I, I, I've never built a pine derby car before and I built two of them. I've never done this before. I had to work, so I didn't go to the race. And my one car took the overall championship. And then my one, the other car took first in the age group and third overall. And now, I was now like, keep in mind, he's <laughs> representing uh, two little girls here. You know, he built the cars, he did everything. And but he, he got the trophy on his desk. But I built, I build winning cars. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so I foresee some heavily modified 170s <laughs> yeah. in our future. Yeah. With a little cheating mixed in, I'm yeah. not gonna lie. So, well, I had so I had a question for you, and I you were talking earlier about you you owned your own business. You guys, you know, do your thing there. What what uh, what do you guys what what is your business? Um, we we own a tree service. Um, it's a smaller company. Um, just eight guys right now. I mean, we're not we're not nothing huge, but. Uh, we, uh, we stay busy year round, uh, you know, land clearing, tree removals, tree trimming, stuff like that. Like Arbor, Arborist work, that type yep. of thing. Or, cool. I, uh, yeah. I have one tiny little bit of experience. So I grew up in, you know, Eastern Nebraska. We cut and like my brothers and I, we sold firewood and made money off that. Um, you know, big old cottonwoods and bur oaks, like take three of us to put our arms around like heavy dense wood. So I moved up here and I was like, I don't know, I must've been 17 or 18 up here. And uh, this old bird here in uh, Granby, he's like, Oh, I need someone to run a saw. I put an ad out. So I replied and got the job and I hate heights. Like I'm terrified of heights. Well, he needed me to top some lodge poles and he had a homemade uh, like a crane truck that had this homemade bucket built out of like part of a ski lift, uh, a ski lift chair and uh, some other stuff. So I'm dangling in this 
bucket like 40 feet in the air with a little steel 026 and trying to top these lodge poles. So every time I put my, you know, the bar on the top of the lodge pole, the whole bucket would swing around. And I'm just like, <laughs> like dirtying my shorts because I'm terrified of heights and oh my gosh, <laughs> it's horrible. But he paid me well. I think I made 200 bucks that afternoon. Is so that, that enough was... to pay for some new shorts? Yeah, we had Alco back then. So I could go get some discount <laughs> shorts. <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah. no, thank you. Definitely the wrong way to try and pretend to be an arborist. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm afraid of, I, I'm comfortable in the air. Um, I, I don't like it. I don't think anybody likes it. But uh, I mean, you start getting over 100 feet over the ground. I mean, oh you're up there, you know, it's like, no, thanks. Yeah, 20 feet. That's good enough for me. And even then, that's yeah. a little frightening. <laughs> so I feel like I got to bring it up because because everybody saw the pictures from this weekend and, and we got to know. It sounds like this might be a uh, you might be a habitual offender here. We saw pictures <laughs> of an excavator pretty deep in what looked to be a, a pond, maybe or wetlands. I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, I think it was your brother who was posting, maybe who was saying like, this happens all the time. <laughs> uh, long story short is, uh, we used to live in the city and my wife and I bought some property and, uh, we bought the property we we're building the house on. And, uh, I said, well, you know, babe, we got to put in a driveway. We got to, you know, we want to dig out a pond. We got to dig the basement. I said, I found this excavator. Why don't I, you know, buy it? And then when we get done, you know, with the house, we'll sell it. And she says, yeah, that okay, is next level. I've never yeah. asked to buy an excavator. <laughs> so I literally, I bought this excavator I, and I hired a trucking company. This is the first time. And it showed up on a Saturday and uh, I drive it up the driveway. I drive it down to where I think I'm going to dig this pond. We've got a low area behind our house. And I sank that excavator. And that was the first time I sank it. And I'm, we're talking two-day recovery out of the muck, multiple tow trucks. And that's kind of where it all started. And we get it out. And like no less than two days later, I sink it in the same hole again. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, this is uh, I want to say, 2019 time frame. And then... Uh, the other day, I don't, I don't, I'm digging another pond on the property. So, um, just trying to clean it up and, uh, we were working on it. We've got miniature donkeys. So I'm helping the wife with the donkey barn all day. And she says, I'm going to go in and cook dinner. And I said, well, I'm going to run down to the front pond and start cleaning up the edge of the pond. And, uh, that's, yeah, we really killed it this time. Um, I, I would, I haven't seen the tow bill yet, but I think we're into probably the, you know, seven to $10,000 range on that tow bill and oh. swamped the motor and uh, oh. wiped all the electronics out of the machine. And oh. uh, yeah, I mean, they had divers out here, you know. Uh, I saw a picture 50, of a guy in a diving suit. Yeah, 50 ton tow trucks, you know, they, they've got these tow trucks hooked up to this thing trying to get out of the pond. And I'm, you know, a big 18 wheeler tow truck and it's dragging it backwards down the road. And I'm sitting there like, oh, this is not going to be good. 
Oh my! But, uh, I mean, at what point yeah. did did you ever cross your mind to just leave it in there as like uh like to pay homage to the pond? I mean, holy! Yeah. God. Not knock on what. Luckily, the darn things insured through our business, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we have been in some pretty sticky off-road situations mm-hmm. with our buddy Jeff Bachman, the the uh, worst guest we've ever had on our show. <laughs> uh, he's got us into some pretty sticky spots, and I have considered leaving his his Jeep or Bronco yeah. there before. Well, and the funny thing is, the worst spot, it would, I, in my opinion, the worst that's ever been stuck was in the middle of a county road. Remember that? Um, so we have this, this uh, county road up here, Cottonwood Pass, oh, and it's yeah. only open during the summers. And we were out bombing around. It was early summer. Um, so you get these these seeps, you know, like you got like the porous rocks up in the mountains and then the water finds a channel, the snow melt finds a channel down and then it'll just pop out randomly. So it ha- it, driving along the county road it looked like a harmless mud puddle hey let's take the bronco and hit the mud puddle i'm sure that's jeff's famous last thought well it was a bottomless puddle and so it pulled his whole passenger side in like down to the windowsill and uh it, it took a lot of work it was my super duty and i think you had your Dodge or something there maybe hooked up to it. I think the cops showed up. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and that, and it was in the middle of the County road. Who'd have thunk? Who'd have thunk? But, it's amazing how much suction power that muck has, yes. you know, when you, when you get stuck, it, it it's um, like I said, our, my excavators, uh, 32,000 pounds. And it's like they had three tow trucks hooked on it at one point in time, and it's just sitting there. And I'm, like, yeah, time to call in the cranes or something. Yeah, and wow. you're in the back of your head, you're thinking, "Gosh, I should have just gone in the house and eaten dinner, right?" <laughs> yeah, no yeah. doubt. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, tell us this because uh, we got two racers here. What do you guys got coming up? What's what's the plans here? What are we? Where are we going to see you guys? Um, next race is, uh, uh, Tennessee AO, AOP, um, AOP, right? Yeah. I think it's AO, it's AOP. Yeah. AOP park down in Tennessee. Um, it's actually Aiden's birthday weekend. So he turns oh. 13 that weekend. Ooh. Um, happy early birthday. Thanks. So, um, he, he pre-ran, he pre-ran that course last year. We didn't let him race. Um, didn't let him race it last year, but you, you, pre- no, I just, didn't I just do the short course? No, you, you pre-ran AOP. No, I just remember, or no, I just pre-ran the Well, the question is, is, are yeah. you going to run it this year? Uh, probably. Mm, probably. That's probably. A, that's so. a yes. In my, in my, <laughs> what I know from racers, that's a yes. That, that means maybe yeah. he just hasn't asked bomb yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, no, we're just, we're just trying to get him in as many races as we can where um, he can get comfortable in the car and that he's not going to ruin someone else's race mm-hmm. by, um, you know, being off pace. Um, in Kentucky, I think we only held up uh, Paul Wolf. <laughs> Paul Wolf rearranged Aiden's rear bumper uh, <laughs> leaving. <laughs> but uh, other than that, we were able to get out of everybody's way, so. Well, and that was tough. That looked like a, a pretty, there were one lane sections for sure. Yeah. 
and Paul caught us coming. Uh, when you left the start finish line, it was one, you know, the one, one race car wide track for about the first mile or so. And we left the start line and it was like a hundred feet into the woods. I heard Paul siren is like my gut sank. I'm like, there's no way we're getting out of his way. So I'm screaming at Aiden. I'm like, just hammer on it, just go. And, uh, Paul was nice about it. And, uh, no, you know, nothing bad to say about that guy. He's super cool, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, he helped us up the hill. Let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, I'm assuming you guys are going to be at visions right in July. Yep. we got our campsites reserved for that. That looks like it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, we'll take the whole family there obviously. And, uh, they've got that water park. I'm pretty excited to see that place. Yeah. So you guys have not raced there yet then, have you? No, nope. Never been there. So we have not raced there. I had dropped in, uh, just to see the facility one day. Cause I was in the area. Don't ask why I was in Northeast Oklahoma, man. It was just totally random, but yeah, it looks like a beautiful facility, man. I'm, I'm super pumped. Uh, I'm a man. Well, I'm already jacked this week on MAO because they finally got us our point standings mm. for the season. But uh, just a big fan of what they've been doing this year because they stepped in and it could have been a lot bigger mess than it was. And uh, JT and Joey and all those guys, man, it, it just seems like they're killing it uh, at the races. Yeah, no, they, they're, they're creating a pretty cool environment at the races. And uh, I, I don't know what the numbers are but the numbers to me seem like they're up this year, especially, um, you know, the UTVs on the East coast, the numbers are crazy. And the, you know, they, they had quite a few 4,400 cars and 4,800 cars last weekend in California, which was cool to see. Yeah. We were going to talk about that a little bit in our open segment. That was a big, uh, fuss, you know, a couple of weeks before the race, it kind of, that argument got started, you know, who's the big dog and something about co-main event and all this confusion. I'm not sure where that went, but I mean, I'd say in general, don't break it up into classes. I feel like there's more cars at the races this year than there was last year. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it helps too. Cause I mean, Joey was running pro rock. So, you know, like pro rock dates were getting close to ultra four dates, you know, over the last couple of years. And now that it's combined, it, it, uh, it helps out, uh, makes it real easy to choose where to race because there's only one place to race. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. And then we get to go back there again in the fall, which man, they, they are like hounding this, uh, legends of the fall, uh, in this cloud of secrecy. Like they're not telling us, they're just telling us it's going to be crazy that that's, you know we've gotten a few little details here and there, but yeah, I was going to say, I I've heard some rumors and I've heard some details of things they'd like to do. And uh, it's definitely going to be cool. Yeah. If they so, can pull it off. So we're pretty pumped about that. Mm. So I got a question for you and this is for both of you, but uh, how do you, how do you guys like your bacon? Do you, are you crispy bacon people or are you soggy rubbery bacon people? Chewy bacon, not rubbery bacon, man. What do you? What do you say? Middle. Middle. Aiden, Aiden middle. he's in the middle. I, I would say I'm uh, more towards the crispy, but I don't like it burnt. 
Well, no, I don't think anybody no, you likes like their bacon burnt. burnt. No, you like it burnt. I like it burnt so it shatters. No. So you like it. See, you're you're leaning towards the side of of goodness. Yeah. You know, crispy. Yeah. You see, he, we were we got we're definitely people bacon people around here. We <laughs> between the four of us, you know, my wife and daughter and uh, Aiden and I, we we polished off two and a half packs of bacon last night cooking BLTs. So, oh uh, yes. <laughs> We're definitely oh. bacon people around here. My wife came back from the grocery store today and said all they had in the hand cut bacon section was this three pound package. So I just went ahead and bought it. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not like it's going to go bad. It's going to get eaten in a week. Like three oh. pounds of bacon is good. So we have this uh, meat market up here in Granby that's that sells like this hand cured, hand cut bacon and they got like this jalapeno pepper ah, smoked bacon. oh my gosh no. it's so good you're tainting the oh no, no. I, I think we travel to every race with you know 10 packs of bacon and nope. i bet my wife had over 20 packages of bacon when we left for hammers this year in that motorhome. oh my gosh so do you take the whole family down there to hammers what do you do with um, the kids not to hammers um my wife went to hammers one time and it was cold and blowing and nasty and she's never been back. So, uh, and it's tough with the kids in school. So she yeah. stayed back and, uh, hammers is a kind of a guy's only trip for us, but, uh, they try to go to as many of the other races as they can. Yeah. Our wives came this year. We, uh, we let them fly in or we had them fly in like the Wednesday before the race. And then they flew home a Saturday. So they just got a small window, but it was like perfect for them. Mm -hmm. Not enough time for them to like hate us, hate it, <laughs> hate it or hate us. Yeah. yeah. And then too, it worked out with the kids and school and all that, but yeah, it's definitely trying to juggle not just your own schedule, but a bunch of other people's and small people at that. They're very unorganized. Like my girls, uh, it's, it's a, takes an act of Congress to make sure the backpacks get put away when they come home from school. And, um, but, uh, you guys wouldn't know anything about that though. You probably are no. just super organized and right. <laughs> yeah. I could show you our, uh, what we call our mud room. There's backpacks and coats and shoots thrown everywhere. So, <laughs> Cool. I feel better about myself then. Yeah. Well, and no, I, it's, it's definitely easier racing. I think once your family's involved, because it's not like, Oh great. You're going with the guys again to a mm -hmm. race. You know, it's like, well, well no, you, you know, the whole family's here. So. I think we're right at that tipping point mm -hmm. where, you know, it's summer. So we've, we've been at a couple of races this year without them. We're going to get them to a couple of races, hopefully this summer. And then hopefully by the fall, they'll be like, okay, like, you can go to the last couple of races without us and we'll see We're our kids are young enough, like kindergarten, first grade ish, where we're, we're kind of in that weird little window. I would love for my son to come with me, yeah. but well, and I got my second grader. She's, you know, she's in second grade and she's starting to like get worried about getting poor grades. I'm like, where's this coming from? Like, you know, I'm definitely taking the stance of like, don't let that teaching lady make you feel bad about shelf just because you didn't get good grades. And she's like, but daddy, I got to get A's. I'm like, where is this coming from? That did not come from me. <laughs> so there's there's a little like some anxiety there, you know, when it comes to performing with the old grades. That's that's going to cramp into some into some of my shop time, I'm thinking. <laughs> 
but I'm not the homework part of things. Like you hit third grade, I'm going to be useless. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I I think I skipped more school than I went to. Yeah. So uh, we brought it up a little bit ago, man. We're, we're building an EV car. I know you're building an EV car. Um, We don't have a lot of details right now, uh, but we're all kind of working through that together. Um, yeah, man. So are you, tell us, like, are you as pumped about this thing as we are, or why do you want to get into the EV stuff? Um, I, I think if it take, or I say, if I think when it takes off, it's going to be huge and maybe it's an opportunity, you know, um, sponsor wise, next thing you know, you're racing an EV car and you're out racing for a living type of deal, you know, not, not that I'm counting on it, but, uh, I think the EV stuff could help with your other race programs as far as bringing in support and uh you know interest into it but uh i'm pretty excited about what we're building um mine's actually out in vegas right now at a shop good good friends of ours and they're they're working on it and uh they're pretty pumped about it and they uh I can't talk a lot about what the, what other vehicles they've worked on, but uh, there's some major electric off-road racing vehicles that they've, they've had their hands on and uh, they're putting some of that technology in ours. Well, what's kind of funny about our group is, you know, there's, I think there's 10 teams uh, in this, you know, we, we start out and we're all like, Hey, you know, for the, for the good of the team, like we're all in this together, let's work together. And, And we are, I mean, everybody's, sharing a lot of stuff back and forth but it's funny because i was talking to somebody else and i was like well you know we're all really racers Mm. so like no one's really uh showing their cards uh totally (laughs) we've all got some secrets we think our ideas are going to be better or whatever but it's that kind of makes it fun because i think the 10 teams do kind of we're we're doing this all together and so we share this like kind of bond so it's, it makes it kind of fun. Like, I want to see what you're building. Well, I want to see what you're building. And, uh, man, I'm really excited to, like, show up with our stuff and just see what it is compared to you guys. Because there are some big names in this group. Um, yeah. That's it's going to be a lot of fun. Dave, Dave Cole, I, I chatted with him after our last EV meeting. He's like, hey, you, you know, you were kind of quiet in the meeting or, or this or that. And I... And he says, what's going on? And I said, well, at the end of the day, Dave, I'm racing against these guys. I'm not telling them anything. <laughs> and he kind of chuckles. So, um, yeah, no, it, uh, we, we should be sharing information, you know, at, at this stage, you know, because we're, we're kind of getting it going on at the ground level. But uh, I don't know. I, I always look at racing. It's like at the end of the day, I'm not telling anybody anything like I don't share my course notes with people. I don't do anything because I'm out there to kick your ass. I'm not out there to be your friend when I'm on the course. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I agree. Um, But I also like ultra four, you know, like everybody, once you're there, I mean, we're, we're all competitive, uh, but we're all there to, like you said before, have fun. Um, we Hopper and I, cause we're not driving, right. We're just working in the pits. We love helping guys, uh, throwing hands in and tools in when we can help somebody else new. And, uh, man, I think it's a, I, I echo exactly what you said. I think this is a great opportunity, 
because uh, EV's not going away, right? And, and I'm not saying it's going to replace what we're racing right now, but what an opportunity for all of us to get in at the ground level, right? And it's, it's a great way for us as a, a small team and a, a kind of a new team uh, to get some contacts with some of, some of the bigger names and some of the bigger teams, see how you guys all do stuff and, and incorporate that into our programs. I think it's just going to be great for everybody all around. I'm not going to lie. I'm really looking forward to maybe getting to go to SEMA this year. Yeah. That, that's certainly on my bucket list, and, and this would be a really yeah, bring fun some good, Bring some good walking shoes. That place is incredibly huge. Yeah, I've I've only I've only seen it and seen stuff on YouTube, but it's just like and the endless walking around and uh, swag bags. So that seems cool. Well, yeah. and and our our wives love the idea of getting to go to Vegas for a week. I'm not going to lie; it sounds like a lot of fun to me too. Hmm. But yeah, I, I I I think my wife's tired of Vegas. I dragged her there for uh, a week for SEMA, and then, like I said, we we go out there quite a bit just to hang out with our friends at that other shop. And uh, I don't think I could talk her into it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we appreciate you coming on tonight. Yeah. I know we got a two hour time difference. Uh, that's, that's why we recorded on Friday. It was a little bit easier for, uh, for Aiden to stay up late on a Friday night, I think probably than a Thursday night. And, uh, so we appreciate you guys like kind of, kind of fitting us in and, and man, I mean, this was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Definitely. It's great to hear your story and uh, good to get to know you a little bit better and all that. Yeah. Hopefully we can, uh, touch base with you once we get out the visions yeah we'll be out there uh we're bringing some of the families with us <clears throat> my wife's not crazy about going because she grew up there and she knows how miserably hot it's gonna be um she's probably the smartest one out of all of us mm-hmm. i'll be honest but yeah we'll, we'll yeah. definitely look forward to getting with you guys out there uh, i want to see aiden racing on that track in oklahoma man that's gonna be cool i love seeing I mean, you guys are the first like father son team we've really had on here. And I love seeing that because, you know, my, my boy's coming up. I, I'd like to be where you guys are at in a few years and, and you're setting a good model and, and kind of showing us how to run a good program and get that done. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate you taking the time this evening to, to meet with us, despite all of our technological uh, freaking snow caused power bumps. Yeah. It's still snowing out there. Ridiculous. Oh, all right. Well, well, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank yeah, you. You bet. Well, thanks everybody again for listening. Uh, we know it was a long two weeks without an episode. I know there's only a handful of you out there that barely survived, but hey, we're back. We, yep. we got a couple of good episodes coming up the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm even going to record an episode while I'm on vacation with a, I- a surprise guest. It's not me because I'm not going on vacation, so you'll miss out on my witty banter. I, I guess we're going to have a special guest host maybe in a couple Ooh, of weeks. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yes. Uh, otherwise, keep hitting us up. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. And we'll we'll get to you next week. You've been listening to The Pit Guys. Follow us on Facebook. Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. We'll see you at the races.